Welcome back to another episode of the Tuesday Tea Podcast. And I'm so excited because Mike Ficarra is with me today. Hi, Mike. Hello, hello. I'm having deja vu, but I am super excited to be here. So. <laughs> right? Mike was a guest on the Big Picture Business Podcast that I co-host with Rory Carruthers. And Mike's episode was one of our top downloaded episodes of 2022. And aside from that, just, I really enjoy following Mike on social media. Like I was saying before we even hit record, Mike just feels like family to me. Like truly, Mike has strong, like I'm Italian and I'm here for it. (laughs) (laughs) And I love that so much about you. You guys have to follow him on social media. I'll put a link to that in the show notes, but all that to say, Mike's one of my favorite marketers. He's a seasoned entrepreneur and consultant, and his core focus is on the growth and scaling strategies for businesses of any size. His expertise is in personal brand building and social media strategy, and it's seriously unmatched, you guys. Mike has had the opportunity to work in a variety of industries over his career, going from the classroom to the boardroom. And this vast experience provided insight into how people learn leadership, learning in general, and most importantly, what motivates people to succeed. Through this, he has taken existing businesses and allowed them to see massive growth and stability through a variety of techniques, consulting from small and large companies such as NEC, Nestle, Brand Ethos, and Top Score Writing, among so many others. You guys, Mike also wrote one of my most favorite books that I recommend to all my clients, all the time, like socks on a rooster. And he's also the host of the Start Down podcast, which is how we originally met. I'm so yes. excited. Can you, can you tell? I was a guest on Mike's podcast and it was so much fun. And I'm so happy that he agreed to come on to the Thank Tuesday you. Tea podcast and share some knowledge. And so just welcome. Thanks for being Thank you, man. That that is a great introduction, man. I'm I'm gonna contract you out for for the next time I need to be introduced in my eulogy. I think you were amazing. Mike, stop it. You guys, listen, you have so much going on, even just from the last time that we we talked. It's been, I think it's been about a year. Maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At least. At least. Your social media is just great. There's so much going on. You post a lot about just how you're a family man, and it yeah. really encourages and continues to inspire me. To know that like, because I'm a mom does not mean that I have to give up my love of marketing, of business building, helping others. So let me ask you then, Sure. (laughs) Let let me ask you, how do you find the balance? And is there a balance between making sure that you prioritize time with your kids and your family, as well as continuing to build your business? You know, I'll compare it to this because I think it's, and you know me, I love my analogies. You know, I was never, and and we talked about this on the previous podcast in my book, I was never a good student growing up, right? And I think not being a good student made me more comfortable with failing than other people. Mm -hmm. So when you ask, how do I balance it? I'm okay if one day I'm a bad dad. I'm okay if one day I'm a bad, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, marketer. I'm okay if one day I'm a bad, you know, consultant. I'm okay with that. Because I know I have the ability to rebound and be good, you know, and then I know I also have the ability to really rebound and be great. So it's knowing that you got to be okay with the disappointment. I think so many people are afraid to like let their kids be upset or or let them, you know, feel, oh, I'm not going to be there. Or I can't be at the practice or I can't do this or I can't do that. And it's communication too, right? Like, you know, sorry, parents. Oh, I feel so guilty. I'm not sitting there on the sideline watching my kid at practice. So I asked my kids, do you want me to stay at practice? They're like, no, just pick me up when it's over. So it's like, <laughs> who, who really has the guilt? So I think it's it's about communication and it's okay. You have to learn when it's okay to be 
failing at, at some of those things and not really trying to balance it. I think that's the important thing, you know. Um, and obviously, social media shows some of the highlights, but there, you know, you know, you know how it is too. There's there's good days and bad, you know. And I think that's that's the key is knowing it's okay to to be bad at things sometimes. Mm. So let's talk about going from the classroom to the boardroom. How many sure. years were you a teacher? So I was a teacher for the better part of a decade, so about ten years. Yeah, wow. yeah, yeah, and yeah. Specifically, was it? Correct me if I'm wrong here. Theology or something involved? Yeah, I taught eth- ethics and Bible. Um, I started out wow. as a librarian, though. I wow. started as a substitute. Kind of, I started as a substitute teacher, and then uh, the librarian got pregnant. Not my fault. I do, I do have a lot of kids, so I always have to clarify that. Um, the librarian got pregnant and got put on bed rest, and they they put me in there. So I think I was like 22 years old, and I was the hottest librarian in America by default. And then I just fell in love with education. I was still in college at the time, so then I decided to finish my degree. I'm in psychology, got a minor in theology and knew, you know, I was in a Catholic school at the time, knew I really wanted to teach theology. And then I went to get my master's in educational technology. And then I went and worked as an administrator in a school for a couple of years. And then unknowingly went to go work for an educational startup. So it was about 10 years in the classroom. So, or 10 years in education, let me say that. Yeah, total. So you said you were a terrible student and now, like, okay, just clarifying. and it, and it was, you know, and that's how I ended up, you know, so I was a terrible student. And even in high school, you know, I was terrible, went to public school. And then uh, my parents set for high school, like, all right, we're going to send you to private school. Maybe that'll help. So they sent me to private high school and then they were spending money. You know, we didn't grow up poor, but we didn't grow up rich. So it was a sacrifice for my parents to do that, you know. And they, you know, I wasn't performing. I wasn't getting good grades. So they went and talked to the administration. They teamed me up with a teacher uh, who ended up helping me out a lot. And then he's ironically the one that uh, I was working in a restaurant. He came in and said, hey, uh, I ended up waiting on him just by chance. And he says, hey, you know, they need substitutes at this new high school I'm at that just opened up and this new Catholic high school. Would you want to come uh, and do that? And I said, that sounds like an easy job. Sure. And, you know, I was waiting tables at night, slopping food around, going home, sweating and smelling like a French fry. I was like, sure, I'll take <laughs> substitute teaching any day, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you literally worked from the ground up. Yeah. And I kid around as a teacher, you you age by your life stages, right? So like when I was a college kid substituting, I was a cool young substitute teacher. And then once I started teaching before I was married, I was still kind of the cool young new teacher. Then I got married and I was still like the cool young teacher, but a little bit older. Then I had my first kid and then I was like, oh, you're an old guy. Then I had my second kid. And that was it. I was like no longer <laughs> young. And I was still under 30 at the time. I was like, really? I'm like, really? I aged I could have been 50 to these kids, you know, so it was out. Yeah, yeah, I aged out. That was it. That was it. I was out. I was done. So, Oh, let me see your sweatshirt. Does does that say be hungry for Brandy? It says be hungry. Yes. Yes. I love that. That's that's smart. Brandy, those is our company. We all got, uh, I think it was two years ago for Christmas. We all got sweaters. So, and then we all had a word that goes with us. So I was be hungry. I don't know if that's because I like to eat a lot or I'm just always hunting for new business or whatever it may be. So um, they went with be hungry for me. I love that. Well, yeah. tell me tell me more about Brandito. So you went from being a teacher. How did you how did you just really hone in on, hey, we're gonna go this branding route, this marketing route, and help others succeed? Yeah, you know, and it's funny, I, I say kind of going back to that classroom in the boardroom thing. I, I always tell the story. I I unknowingly went to work for a startup. So I was in a, you know, and and it was probably within a 12-month span, almost to the day. We were doing our accreditation at one of the schools I worked with. And, you know, every school has to go through it every four years. It's a very laborious process. There's a lot of that lot that goes on. And we'd meet in the boardroom in the it wasn't really it was they call it a conference room in schools. They don't call it a boardroom. It was a conference room. Um, and it was in a, in a building that was probably 50 years old at the time. Uh, it smelled funny, you know, <laughs> it was like mildew, <laughs> typical school building, you know, paint was kind of falling off. But we had a blast. We loved that. And we did that. And then, like I said, I went to unknowingly go work for an educational startup. 
and I say unknowing because it was kind of disguised in a school and they didn't really tell me what it was, but we ended up growing that startup uh, within, the, you know, I kind of like right after that accreditation happened, I left, went and worked for this other company and we grew that startup to where we were going to partner with Hope Mifflin, which was one of the largest educational companies. And we ended up in their boardroom uh, in, I, I want to say it was in Boston, Massachusetts, if I remember correctly, now that, now that I'm ironically thinking about it, I was just in Boston. Uh, and same thing, the room was 50 years old. A lot of history, one of the biggest companies in education, but that room smelled nice. And that room had, you know, oak walls and it was beautiful and it was just amazing. And and here we were talking about partnering with them. I mean, it was like total, you know, 180 from where I was the year before. And that's when I like kind of saw the business world and fell in love with that and and really started to grow that company and, and did that. And I ended up leaving that. And like I said, we talked about that a little bit on the previous podcast, so I'm not going to get too much into that. But the reason why I say that story is, you know, when you look at marketing, and I think what Branditos does is those big companies have so many resources, right? But the techniques and the things that you could do, and, and I've been in those big boardrooms and for a lot of other companies, for tech companies, for educational companies, for manufacturing companies, I've been in so many different boardrooms now that Branditos, our goal is to kind of bring that big corporate feel to small to medium-sized businesses so they can become, uh, you know, we always say it and, and I, and I kid around with Brandy those cause me and Alicia, uh, you know, I, she founded it. I kind of helped her grow it from the start. And she goes, we need to appear bigger than we really are. And I keep telling her, I'm like, we're officially big now. You don't, you could stop saying that. <laughs> like we are bigger than we really are. And that's really what we do. We come in and we, we become the marketing extension of your business. And, you know, you were saying, I know we were talking before we went on air about my Instagram stories and all the meetings I had today. One of the meetings we had was a client that we we got their company up and running, and um, you know we did a lot of their marketing, established their brand. Um, it really didn't take off. The company didn't take off as as much as we would have liked. Various reasons, you know, maybe we could have done stuff better on the marketing side, but they also had some things. It was it was a tough industry. But um, one of the owners of that company just went and bought another company, and the first person he called to do marketing was Brand Ethos. And I think that really speaks to you know you, you mentioned we you talked about earlier how do you balance it work and family and all that. You got to be okay failing because I think if you fail, but people see you put in the hard work and they know you're honest and they know you're 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 a person of integrity and they know you do the right things, that they'll come to you when they have the next opportunity. They'll come to you and they'll bring you back again. So it's one of the things I love about Brand Ethos and, and the company and the values of what we do and just being able to really come in and, and transform companies and and give them an identity. And we work with small businesses, we work with major brands, you know, a little bit of everybody, law firms. Uh, restaurants, uh, tech companies, call centers, education companies, you name it. So it's fun. I, I tell everybody like my job, you know, is like uh, if, if it was a TV show, it's like, well, what what job does Mike have this week? What industry is he working in now? You know, so I really don't have to decide what I have to be when I grow up. But my wife's funny because I still identify as a teacher. Like, I feel like I'm still identified. As, like, what do you do? I'm like, oh, I'm a teacher. I'm like, if I really don't want to get into the conversation. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I just say that, you know. Well, I mean, um, it, tra- it translates still into what you're doing. You, you're yeah. teaching. You're teaching yeah. business owners, you know. Yeah, yes. yeah, it really is. So, so that's a little bit about, you know, Brandy, those, and like I said, involved with that and Top Score Writing, which is an amazing educational company that, um, you know, with Lisa Coleman. She's she's another great example of a mom and, and business, and she does a lot on social media as well, as I'm sure you've seen. You know, she's and, – and it's the same thing, right? It's just seeing that that you could do that. And I love – you know, I was telling someone today, I love female-owned companies – um, and, and I just feel like I've always resonated with them, you know, in a, in a way because I relate to that, right? I know, I know the struggle and the guilt and the feeling like you're, you're, you're pulled in a lot of different directions, but I think too, it's just, it's just different. There's just something different to be honest. There's something different about working with a mother entrepreneur, a mompreneur, you know, female entrepreneurs, but, but when they're a mom, 
there's a whole different thing about working with them and, and because it's just fun. I don't know. There's just something different. I can't explain it. I can't describe it, like what the it factor is, but those are some of the funnest projects I work on, to be honest with you. Wow. Wow. I'm so glad you just said that because something I've been wanting to tell you for, I mean, easily two years at this point. When I first came onto your show, we wrapped up, we were saying goodbye and like super pumped on the interview. And and I mentioned to you that, you know, I I was having kind of like an identity crisis. I was yeah. like, you know, I'm, I'm this mom and I also really want to keep working. And this is before I had my second daughter. And you said to me, and it, it really, it, it made a massive impact on me, Mike. And I, I want you to know this. You said, uh, you don't have to choose. You can absolutely do both. It's just a matter of how you want to structure that for yourself. And that sounds like for, I'm sure many of the listeners are like, well, duh, of course you can do both. But really like when you're in the nitty gritty of it, it's, it's challenging in the beginning, right. To make those decisions. Like, where am I going to find the time to do all these things? But it was you that said, just do it. (laughs) You don't have to make a decision. Like it's going to be okay. Your kids are going to love you. They're still going to be there. They're going to learn with you. It would be a disservice to them if you didn't do what you love to do. So thank you. You made a oh, really, I, you made a I massive impact that. on me. No, yeah. And it, and it's true. That's a message. I think that's why people like you and I, and I think doing podcasts like this, it needs to be said, right? Because how many people are telling people that it's the idea and, you know, whatever, I'm not, I'm not political or anything like that, but like we're going into a recession, you know, and, and all these other things that are, I just, I just don't understand. I go, I go to the mall, I go to McDonald's, I go everywhere and it's crowded. If we're in a recession, you'd think more people will be home, but that's neither here nor there. But like everyone's feeding everyone on the negative, right? Be prepared, be prepared for the thing. Listen, it's, it's time, right? Like it's just, all it is, is time. And, and I think if we look at it as that, and, and we also know you and I were talking about this a little too, like even, you know, you how long have you been teaching? 10 years, right? Look at like, think about how much your kids change in 10 years. In 10 years, they go from a baby to being a 10 year old. And then they go from a 10 year old to being a 20 year old. That's it. Like, that's it. How short of a period is that? And everyone's like, oh, well, I want to do this and I want to do that. And it's like, okay, but like, there are these short periods. Like, so you mean to tell me, even if you sacrifice 10 years for your kids, how many years after you're done raising them, are you going to have to go do whatever you want? You know what I mean? And it's like, that's, I don't think there's enough people like at least presenting that alternative, right? Yeah. And of course, like, you know, there's the diehards out there. Well, if you want to go out there and be massively successful and be a killer and be a millionaire and be a billionaire and do all this, you got to do it. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. You do, you know? Okay. But, but if you don't, if you want to be happy, <laughs> there, there's there another option, you know? And it's like, it yeah. it's, it's, it's such a balance. And, it, and, and I think it's, there's no right or wrong too. You got to do what's best for you. You know, for some people being a parent doesn't fulfill them. Yeah. You know, it doesn't make him happy. I don't, I don't relate to that. I don't understand that. Yeah. You know, yeah. but on the same hand, you can't chase wanting to be a parent because you think it's going to make you be happy. There's plenty of people that get married and have kids because they think it's going to make them be happy. On the same hand, you can't do it with business. You can't, you can't start a business and chase money because you think it's going to make you happy, right. you know? And that's, it, it's got to be because it's something you like, and listen, I've done things I don't like and and I've done things I don't like. And I'm like, nope, I'm done. I'm walking away. You know, I even... You know, and I, you know, and you know, because you follow me on social, I've been dying to start my own cigar company. You know, I've been yeah. dying to do it, started the legwork, been looking into it, yeah. put a lot of things into it. But the more I started to peel the layers of the onion back, I'm like, I'm like, maybe it's just a better hobby <laughs> than a, mm-hmm. than a, than a business. You know, it just, the business of it was too hard. Now I may go back to it, but like the things I would need to do to do that, I just, I'm not ready to do right now, you know, and that's okay, you know, and, you know, could I be like, no, you have to grind, you have to win, you have to get the win no matter what and do it. And could I do it and be successful? Sure. But, at what sacrifice, you know? Mm-hmm. And to me, the sacrifice wasn't worth the reward or just the difficult or, or, and a lot more of it too, was just like, I don't think it was a place for me, you know? And that was okay. Like 
Mm. And I think you have to learn to see those things not as failures, right? Like that was that was a, a revelation more than a failure. You know, I tried something because a lot of people say, well, you won't be successful unless you try and fail. I argue, no, you won't be successful and you try and you realize, right? Like you either realize you're doing the right thing or you realize this just isn't for me. Like I knew I had to leave. And it's funny you said what you said, because in all, all the teaching I did, one of the things that impacts me most is I, I was leading a retreat and I had, I always gave the talk at the end of the retreat. And one of my, one of the classes was one of my closest classes. And I just stood up there and I broke down crying. And I told the kids, I was like, I don't know if I want to keep doing this. I don't know if I love this anymore. I don't know if I want to be the, this to be my job. And one of the kids came up to me out of her. She goes, you know, that's the realest thing anyone's ever said in a school to me. Wow. She goes, I've never heard anyone say that and be that real and that honest with me. And that's, I think that's how you have to be with yourself in business. You know, you have to be with yourself in business. You have to be that way with yourself in life, you know, and it's hard. It's hard. It's hard yeah. to do that because everybody wants you to have stability. Everybody wants you to go towards stability, but mm -hmm. I mean, look around, like stability doesn't exist, you know? Well, yes. And to that, yeah. everyone that's constantly looking for that stability, there's a lot of strength in vulnerability, yes. right? Where we will see by, you know, from leading by example, people we look up to, people we follow on social media, whatever it might be. Anytime we see an opening for vulnerability, we say, okay, they're, they're human, right? We're human. We make mistakes. We're going to fail. We're going to realize, like you said. And so there's so much value in that vulnerability. And we don't always have to be looking for the next stable thing, in my opinion. Yeah. Just, yeah. Or or not. Like, I, I always say that's a great thing. Or not. Or not. <laughs> or why not? I don't know. Like, 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 why not? Like, I don't know. Like, as long as you're not hurting people and as long as you're not hurting yourself, like, try everything, right? Like, I don't, I don't know. You know, like, it, it's just, I think nowadays it's so easy to take the risk. It, the risk is less impactful than it may have been in, in previous times. You know, I, I think it's just, it's not that difficult to take the risk nowadays in business. Speak to that a little bit more. Are we talking like a monetary risk? Or are we talking content I think, risk? I think all the, things? all the, all the above, right? I mean, like you think about, you think about even 20 years ago, right? You wanted to start a business. Yeah. And, and if you wanted to, like, if I wanted to start a cigar business, I may have needed to like, fly to Nicaragua and, or, or go to the Dominican or open a cigar shop and do all these things. Like I go online now and figure it out. I could, I could get on zoom meetings with people. I could like the impact was so little, or, you know, if, if you wanted to open your own bakery or you want to make your own, you know, things, you don't have to go to, you know, a farmer's market and pay for a booth and do all these things. You could try to sell them online and see if it works. Like the barrier to entry is so easy. There's less financial impact because of the internet, because of social media, because of all these things that you don't need to go beyond. And, you know, I, I think even, even like you said, with podcasts or speaking or things like that, like you don't have to travel to do that if you don't want to, you know, you could do it. You do it from the cover of your home. Like all the things that you look at in business that, that were risked 20 years ago, even, which once again, isn't that long ago, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? Are no longer a risk. So like the, the financial impact is smaller. The, the, even the judgmental impact is smaller, right? Like I mean, before someone said you're going to be an entrepreneur, you're great. Now, like everyone, like, every other person you talk is like, start a business, <laughs> doing this. You know? like, oh my gosh, like, that's true. I know. Like, I, yeah. Anytime I'm on LinkedIn and I'll see someone's like entrepreneur, I'm like, what does that even mean anymore? Yeah, what like, I, like I, I really am like growing weary of the word because it's just like it's and and listen, it, it, it's a blessing and a curse, right? Because it's like that's great because there's a community now where like I will say like I didn't even know I don't think I ever heard the word entrepreneur when I was in high school. 
I, I really don't. I, I could probably say it wasn't until like, you know, into my mid twenties that I probably first time I heard the word that I could even remember it. You know, it was yeah. business owner. It was, yes, I mean, yes. you didn't hear entrepreneur that much until really probably the tech boom in the, in the mid two thousands, you know? So mm-hmm. it's nice that there's a community. I think my life may have been a little bit different if I, if I had exposure to it as a kid, cause I just wasn't a school kid, you know? So I think that may have been helpful for me, but I think it's, I agree with you though. It's gotten a little too generic now. So that that's, I mean, yeah, it's, it's a little hard to differentiate between the, like, is someone just getting started in this space? Have they been at it for a while and to each their own, I'm not here to judge someone's process or where they're at in their entrepreneurial journey, you know, but it is, it's really nice to speak with someone like yourself, like-minded individuals coming together to have a real conversation about, Hey, there is struggle in a lot of these things. We're going to fail in half these things. And why not? Let's let's just keep trying. Let's just yeah. keep going and, and try all the things. And I know something you and I have in common. We speak to this a lot in terms of why we need to make time and not necessarily like all this money. It's about, it's about creating the time for ourselves to spend with our families. I talk a lot about my team, the value of having a team, the importance of having a team, finding the right team players. And we don't have to be all the things, all the time in our business. Right. Have you ever found where you were holding onto those reins real tight for your business and like not willing to give up some of that uh, like CEO aspect of it? Like, did you, did you start your business off that way or have you always been like, nah, let's get a team in here, create some more time? I mean, yes and no, right? There's certain things where I'm very happy to delegate that, you know, like, and be like, take it off their plate. There's certain things where I think insecurity almost comes into play. And I felt threatened, you know, in growth, right? I think in growth is always in in any business I've worked in when there's growth and you have to expand the team and something was like kind of your baby or your responsibility or, you know, gears are shifting. Oh, let's bring in this person to help with that. And you were kind of the go-to person and now it's someone else. I think, I think just human nature, jealousy, insecurity can kind of settle in. So I, I would say there's been both, right? Hmm. On the flip side, I don't think I've ever been someone to hold on to the reins because I could do it better than someone else. I've always thought that like, I think even very early on in business, and maybe too, I'm, I'm the opposite. I'm a too soon guy on that. I think I've almost too soon wanted to give away the reins and too soon wanted to be like, can we delegate that? And I think at this stage, right? Like, like as we get older, like I'm in my forties now, like in my 20s, wouldn't have done that. Would have tried to do everything, taken everything on, built the website. Yes, I could do this. Yes, 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 yes. Same thing in, in even in my 30s to a certain mid-30s to a certain extent. I think at this stage, I'm less of that. I've always been a delegator and a collaborator, right? Because like I know for me, and part of it, the real struggle though is to be honest with you, is not thinking I'm smart enough or good enough. So I've always felt that, like, hey, once again, this goes back to the insecurity. It's almost like a therapy. Center. This goes back. To- <laughs> Tell me more, Mike. Tell me more. <laughs> How do you really feel about that? Let's go. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I, I think it's, I've never felt that I was a good, so even not being a good student, it's even why when I taught, I did group projects with my kids, because I'm like, you have to learn how to collaborate. Because like, if I didn't know how to do something, I would go ask someone for help, or I would try to cheat, or <laughs> whatever the methodology was. Like, I organized the greatest cheating ring in my high school ever. Like, I mean, but it was, uh, that's a story for another smart. day. Um, (laughs) but it, but it worked right. Like, and and people knew they could depend on me to get those things done. So I think for me, it's always been like, well, I really want to do this, but I don't feel like I'm smart enough. So I had to get support from people where 
I don't think I took the reins soon enough in certain situations. I don't think I, and I'm like, you know what? I should have driven that bus harder or I should have. And even I downplay a lot. I'm like, oh, well, no one really knows what I do here. I'm not that smart. You know, I'm, I'm just here, but I'm at 30,000 feet, but I think it's, it's an insecurity. So I would say I've been less on the hold on and I've been more on the insecure side. That's been probably a weakness for me in business. Interesting. Well, I appreciate the transparency. I think there's a yeah, lot of sure. business owners that feel that way a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I'm more of the approach of like, try to do everything myself, learn it to the best of my ability. And then like you said, delegate, like, all right, here we go. And I'm constantly trying to find individuals that are just flat out smarter than me. And you and I share that where I I was a terrible student, but you know, somehow I found my niche, my niche, right? I'm like, this is amazing. And I feel validated and this is working. And was there the aha moment for you when you started Brand Ethos or when you came alongside Alicia, right? That's her name. Yeah, just, yeah. When you came alongside Alicia, where you're like, this is it. Like, this is where I know I can make a really big impact or was it a little bit of a, of a slower start? I mean, I think it's like, you know, you talk about having, you know, your second daughter, right? Yeah. Like it wasn't my first rodeo, so I knew what to expect and what not to expect. You know, mm-hmm. I think... You know, I remember, I remember when my wife had her first kid, I was more nervous than she was. You know what I mean? Um, I was, I think I was, it did the whole process, everything, you know, the epidural, the, the, even walking to, to the hot, like when we parked the car and we were walking into the hospital, I think I was more scared than she was by the fourth one. I was like, this is fun. I'm like, I'm excited. Like I get to sleep in the hospital. Like I know where the ice machine is. Like I was like jazzed up. Like what are you so excited? I'm like, and plus like we, on the fourth one, I've been like, I'm like, what do you mean? I get like, like at least three nights alone with you. I'm like, I don't ever get that. I'm like, this is awesome. Um, <laughs> but I knew what to expect. You know what I mean? So I would say like, by the time Brandidos came along, this was, this was probably one of the, I'd been through this a few times. So I knew, and I would say what I did different with Brandidos and what I knew was I knew Alicia's talent. I knew what insecurity she was having about herself that she shouldn't be that, 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 that I think, and, and we were very different personality types that I think we complimented each other in some ways. So I knew from that aspect of like, Hey, wait a second. Like she's super talented here, really smart here, knows this, is worried about this. And what she's worried about, I'm not super talented and where she's super talented, but I know how I could fix what she's worried about. That's how I knew it was a good partnership. I think if I hadn't had the experience of the other businesses that I have, I had started and got involved with, I wouldn't have been able to see that. You know what I mean? I may have been like, eh, I don't know. Or I would have been like, oh, she's too smart and too talented. Why would she want to work with me? Like I would have had the insecurity thing again. Like, so I would say because I'd been through it a few times before, but even when my wife had the fourth kid, there were some surprises. Um, that's a whole nother podcast. But um <laughs> yeah, and it was a girl, which I'd never had one of those. Those are different. Um, <laughs> so yes, we are. It's like it's like you know, getting an electric car. I'm like, how do I do this? You know what? <laughs> But I, you know, I, I will say that. And I think I knew early on, though, um, and I think there's just signs. I knew when I first met Alicia, we met in, we were on a board together at our kid's school. I knew I said, she's she's a smart cookie. She's someone I could see myself doing something with at some point. And, and sure enough, it did happen. And it happened organically, too. It wasn't even like I pursued it. It was everything about the relationship and development and how we ended up working together happened very organically. And a friend told her, oh, you should talk to Mike. You know, oh, yeah, we're on the board together. It was just all very organic. So um, you can't push things sometimes, too. You know, that's why I... I and I, and that's that's what I'm torn on. I'll be honest with you, because like as I look to improve myself and work with coaches and and you know, there's this, and I don't think you got to be passive, but and you you know I'm Italian. I'm an old school Italian guy, like you're saying at the beginning. So I have no problem being aggressive, 
but this idea of aggressiveness in business. And I think, you know, we, we see it in, I mean, I, I get pitched in LinkedIn and in your inbox and, you know, the, the pushing this to the top of your inbox. I'm like, I'm like, well, I feel violated. Like, you know, <laughs> straight up. Yes. Thank you. I'm like, you know, um, it's just like, would you do that in real life? Would you like go and just be like putting this on top of your mailbox? Like, like, I'm like, like, if the real life alternative would have worked, the digital marketing side of it probably isn't a good idea, you know, like, so I think it's just, and I struggle with that with aggressiveness. Where's that line between being aggressive, being hungry, if you will, like it's on my sweater um and, and being a good person right that's a thin thin line you know because sometimes you do have to be aggressive and and i think that's a very thin line to chase uh mm-hmm. and a thin line to look at but i think at, at brand ethos because alicia and i had so many good connections so much businesses has come to us like through referrals and people knowing her and knowing me and like i said i mentioned that client we just onboarded so almost didn't have to do that which is to be honest with you, i think i don't like do everyone's like oh you're a great salesman i'm like i i really am not because i'm not i'm not the aggressive salesman type i'm like if i know something and i know what we're selling like i can sit there and talk to you about it but i just teach i have a conversation i'm honest you know um so i struggle with the aggressive side of things when it comes to business i think that's something i don't, I don't understand why that's such a narrative of like you got to be hungry you got to be aggressive you got to do this so yeah yeah that's something that we talked to uh rory about on, on big picture business a little bit rory does no sales whatsoever to what you said about just educate. He's just educating. He's like, all right, here it is. And I'll send you an email. Like he doesn't even write proposals. He's like, I'll just send you an email and we'll go from there. And his close rate's like 95%. (laughs) It's just, it's just educate, educate. And there's a lot of value as you know. So I love that you found a solid partnership in being with a partner in business. Uh, For me, that's really challenging. I had a partnership go totally South. We don't speak anymore on like, amicable terms, right? We're like, let's just avoid each other and it's totally okay. We respect where each other is at and just really, uh, it just ended in a, in a, in a negative way for both of us. And so we went our separate ways and it's really made me not ever want to join in partnership in business in that way. And I've had some people approach me with really unique opportunities. And I got to say that I'm maybe, maybe that's part of my insecurities where I'm like, I just, I don't think I can work well in that setting. So you know, more power to you for being able to like, all right, let's, let's do this together and just go for it. Cause I know that in having a solid partnership, the sky's the limit. It really is. And yeah. And yeah. And I think it depends on the business, you know, it depends on the opportunities, depends on what you want to do. And it goes back to like how this whole conversation started, right. With time, right. It just depends on the time you want, you know, because I think there's no doubt Alicia and I are probably both equally as talented that we could run a company like Brandito's just or lead. And let me say lead, I don't want to say run lead one or the other, you know, that being said, I think the the lifestyle and the things we want to do outside of our lives, doing it together benefits both of us. Same thing with Lisa on top score, right? Her and I, she could, no doubt she could do it, but I think her and I together, it, it, it gives you, and it gives me the opportunity to explore other entrepreneurial opportunities. It gives her, you know, she has a nonprofit school that she runs, she does speaking. So it's like all the partnerships that I've done, I think have been much beneficial, but it's same thing for me, right? It wasn't always like that. So as much as like, you see these beneficial partnerships I have now, there's also a strewn of probably upset partners. And it's just like, it's just like life, right? Like you see me and my wife, we're happily married, but there's, there's some ex-girlfriends out there that would probably tell you I'm an asshole, you know, like, but, (laughs) but if I, and, and those relationships ended badly and I would tell you, Oh, being, you know, and I, and if I would have said, Hey, being in love sucks and and don't ever get married. And, and, you know, because I had a few bad relationships, I would have never had the life I do now with my wife. And I think it's the same in business, right? You got to look at like the things that happened in the past. Maybe they didn't work out. You just, you may not have the right, right partner, right? It may not been the right, the right person. 
Um, but when it is, it's it, you know, you can you can create something magical or not, right? There's some people that are just really good. I believe me, I still have some friends that are single from high school that I follow on social media. I'm like, they do look like they're having fun. I'm not gonna <laughs> quite a bit more money in those pockets, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm like, I'm like, so yeah, if I didn't pay tuition, if I didn't have this this amount, you know, kids are expensive. Is, yeah, no wonder they have price. nice cars and boats and all this right. stuff. I'm like, sure, if I had if... <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, let me, let me ask you this. Do you think that there are any secrets, like the secret sauce when it comes to business? Any like no. true secrets? I really, I really don't think that. I mean, there, obviously there's tactics, right? I mean, maybe there's tactics, but at the end of the day, I mean, you hear it all the time, right? And, and you know, we, we've talked about that. We weren't great students yet. We're still successful in business. And don't get me wrong. I know plenty of people that were really good in school. that got really good jobs and they're, they're doing really well in life right now. But on the same hand, hard work can win, you know, and because of that, I think it's just at the end of the day, you could figure out the strategy, you know, and, and I'm a big sports guy, right? It's, it's why there's it's why there's Cinderella stories in sports, right? It's why there's sure are the same teams always great. Yes. But on the same hand, there's there's teams that can come out of, out of sheer hard work and dedication and focus, right? How many times do you hear of an athlete? that shouldn't have been in the league, but becomes the greatest player ever, you know, I mean, you know, and, and you hear, you know, what made Kobe Bryant great sure was part of an instinct and based on what he did in talent. Yes. But it was hard work and dedication, Michael, Jordan, whoever it is, right. It was hard work and dedication. So I think at the end of the day, you can, you can outwork theories. Are there, are there magic tricks that you can learn and things that you could learn to do? And, you know, sure of course there is you know but are there secrets that someone's holding back behind you know I, I saw a video today in my stories that was like the secret that millionaires and billionaires are using to generate all this wealth and when i found it out i went from being in debt to, to living in a million dollar home and i'm a supermodel and you know da, 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 da. like sure there is and you know what maybe there is but my money's on there's not right and if you get access to that great but it's it's the same thing it's like winning the lottery is not a financial plan i think it's just Anyone can do it in business, I think. And, and, and it's just proof because I think passion and, and if you look at it, right, if you look at successful businesses, people that have done, been successful in business. Yes, there's some people that have done it that are super smart and they're they're the Bill Gates of the world. They're the Elon Musk of the world. They're the Mark Zuckerbergs. But if you look at people that have really created businesses that are successful or, or companies, it came out of passion. It always came out of passion more than knowledge. 100%. It always came out of passion more than knowledge or problem solving right like those are always the 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 two greatest things so i think you there there are no secrets because the the secret is you have to love what you do the secret is you have to be passionate about what you do and you have to put in the work i mean that's not a secret no one's hiding that from anybody you know no one's no one's trying to say not gonna not gonna tell you this passion secrets you know passion and, and hard work i'm not gonna tell you that like I mean, the answers are all there. They're not hidden. They're just in the back of the book and no one's smart enough to go back there and look at it. Right. Thank you. Well said. Mike Ficarra, everybody. (laughs) (laughs) I'll be here all week. Thank you. Tip your waitresses. No. (laughs) Do you think that luck, like Lady Luck, do you think Lady Luck plays a part in business success? You ever been to Vegas? Of course. All right. You ever win any money in Vegas? Yes. Okay. If you weren't in Vegas, could you have won that money? No. It's I, I, so. So were you lucky, or were or you in a place where you could win money? You know what I mean. I mean that's that's the thing. That's how I feel. It's like everyone will say, "Oh, is there luck? Is there luck?" Sure, I'm sure you can call it lucky, call everyone. But if you're not in the right spot to get struck by lightning, you're not going to be lucky. You know what I mean? So 
if you didn't take the steps to to say, hey, you want to go to Vegas? Yes. Hey, you want to buy plane tickets? Yes. Hey, you want to stay at the Bellagio? Yes. Like you can't win at the Bellagio table if you didn't take those steps. You know what I mean? It's like, so do I believe in luck to a certain extent, but I believe you have to walk to it, right? Like you can't, you can't get there if, you know, and it's just, once again, it goes back to anything with secrets or luck, but like define, define the word itself, you know, but I feel like you can't be, you can't be a part of that, you know, if you're not, if you're not in that, in that environment to begin with. So I think you have to get there to be lucky, which to me means you did something. So were you lucky or were you proactive? I, I don't know. It's a, it's a, it's a philosophical debate for the ages, I guess. I love it. I love it. Oh, so enlightening as always, Mike. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for spending this time. I, as always, I just want to talk forever with you because you I know, I know, I know, me too. <laughs> You're a wealth of knowledge. Something else I wanted to mention for my sweet listeners here is that you not only have Start Down podcast, but you also have the Three Points podcast with your son, Anthony. And I love that you podcast with him. It's yep. so sweet. He's learning so much. Is he continuing to enjoy it? Or is it like a more of like a homework assignment for him? No, he, he enjoys it. We did a couple episodes. It went off well. We got to do a few more. I had given, I got a new laptop and gave my old computer. And then of course it broke. So we've been a little oh, no. uh, slowed down on our recording because of that. But he's also, what he's done though, is grown a really big TikTok presence as well. Wow. So he's been, you know, it's, it's football themed. It's, he's a big Dolphins fan. So it's around that. But he started to like create these reels on TikTok where he's editing football footage and he gets wow. like tens of thousands of views and all that. So he enjoys that. And I'm like, all right, whatever you want to do. And he keeps saying, can I edit some of your stuff? And can I make a re-? like every like we went on vacation, like send me some videos. I'm going to make a reel of the trip, you know. So um, he's doing a little bit of both. So, yeah, so we're we're in between like the TikTok thing and the the podcast. And he loves it. And I enjoy it with him. And it, 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 it's fun. It's a good, good way for us. to. And it was his idea. It was all his idea, which I love. That's the coolest That's part. So great. That's so great. Yeah. Well, Mike, I'm asking everyone that comes on the show, what's your word for 2023? Do you have one? You're laughing. Why are you laughing at me? <laughs> what do you got? For t- <laughs> I'm not laughing at you. I'm laughing with you, first of okay. all. <laughs> before, wait a minute. Before we hit record, Mike made me laugh so hard that I thought I was going to die. I was choking <laughs> on some water. Like, oh my well, God. I'll start off with... My wife's word for the year is patience. So I've said to her a few times, I'm like, how's that word of the year working out? <laughs> We're only on the 11th when this is being recorded. So, <laughs> you know, it's funny because it's definitely a trend this year. And and, and the reason why I start chuckling too, because I hear everybody like talking now about, I'm not setting goals. I'm not doing this. And I know it's a long-winded answer to a short question. And I get it. I get it. And it just seems like the thing to do. But, um, you know, so so part of me, I, I kid around. I say, my, my word for the year is forget about it. Um. Oh you know what and that's fair that's totally fair that's okay and 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 but honestly i really uh am am just in that not in a negative way my my word of the year i when i when i i really haven't thought about it but it, it's something like as i thought i've been kidding around saying that to people but for me because if you've ever seen the movie donnie brasco yeah, oh yeah and where where uh johnny depp explains what forget about it means it can mean so many different things. And I think that's where I'm at this year is just I'm looking at every situation and figuring out the way to adapt about it. Sometimes it's going to be forget about it. Like, yeah, I'll do it. Sometimes forget about it and it's F off, you know? Um, sure. <laughs> so yeah. I think that's my my word of the year is forget about it. Okay. So right. long-winded answer for a short question. I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> 
I love how you, you came to that conclusion. Like, gosh, do I really have to answer this? Come on. Do I, <laughs> I really, I don't just, eh. okay. On that note, a few fun facts about Mike, which I love so much and I can't help myself because you sent it. So I got to read it. Here read we go. Them. Here we go. Fun facts about Mike Vicara. His favorite font is times new Roman. Woo-hoo. He enjoys rare steak, black coffee, scotch, and a good cigar. Sometimes all at once. Yeah. Uh, his name is, wait a minute. Really? Oh, okay. <laughs> Mine too, Mike. No name, way. Yes. Name is misspelled in high school yearbook. Yes, sir. Yep. There you go. See, see, we got, I, I'm going to send it to you so we can, we can post okay. that side by side. <laughs> that sounds good. Uh, and then once you told Tim's story, a story. There yeah. you have it. Yeah. Thanks so much for taking the time with me on the show. Always a blast to have you on. That is it for this episode. We'll see you guys next time. Bye. Bye.